Okay, earnings continue. George Tillis on deck, taking a look at Dropbox and DraftKings for us. Looks like we're going to have at least uh, one winner early on here, George. A nice little pop in DraftKings after uh, they uh, did uh, push their guidance up a little bit. I don't know, shares are having trouble staying uh, staying higher, though. Uh, $855 million on the Q4 sales, about $55 million ahead of the 800 estimate. Uh, guidance also seems like uh, it's better than uh, uh, they had previously indicated. So, uh, any issues here? Uh, well, it's kind of mixed. I'll explain in just a sec. But let's just look at the top line sales number. I mean, if you compare it uh, to last year, 855 was the number, beating it as you mentioned by 55 million. But compared to last year, uh, 473 million. So that's a plus 80 percent increase in top line sales. But that's not all organic. That's uh, including, of course the acquisition of Golden Nugget Online Gaming, which again, increases along with FanDuel, which is another DraftKings uh, brand, uh, their sports betting presence to close to 30% of the total marketplace. So that is essentially uh, a good recipe, I suggest, for scalability. So the challenge for DraftKings in the last year, since it's down about 22%, is uh, trying to improve that scalability uh, and also get closer and closer towards uh, profitability, at least on an adjusted basis. Now. I haven't seen the EPS uh, come out just yet, but it looks like the estimates were 63 cents of a loss compared to 80 cents last year. I suspect it's probably going to be better than uh, than the estimates because of the fact that you saw sales higher than the estimates. But one of the interesting things about DraftKings, I mean, you know, this I'm not convinced of this rally. I call it the uh, the so-called monkey see, monkey do rally, OJ. It's the, the non-quality run up in a lot of these stocks. You know, DraftKings is up about 61% year to date. I think at the end of the day, they'll separate the stronger from the weak ones. This one is interesting because the expectations based on last quarter's uh, EBITDA contraction, uh, just to give you the numbers, sales uh, last year were about a billion eight, uh, but the company lost about $1.6 billion. If you look at it on a forward basis, the guidance for EBITDA, this is the number that I really picked up on uh, for the next, uh, for the full year of 2023 is negative 400 million. So they went from negative 1.6 to a negative 400 million. That's a significant improvement uh, in EBITDA growth, albeit again, it's still a non-profitable year for DraftKings. Uh, I think this is another reason why the analysts have started to increase their price targets on the name. Uh, but uh, once again, you have to consider again, the, uh, the aspects of the, uh, the non-quality of the earnings growth uh, that we've actually seen with DraftKings, and it's still not profitable, but it's still growing market share. And I think the unique payers uh, increased in terms of growth year over year was 31%. So I think this uh, improve, is this demonstrates they're improving their scalability. They're getting traction. I think their position in the sports betting market is uh, is pretty remarkable. Like I said, close to 30%, and that's uh, very very good uh, considering there's only about five or six mainstay players in the online sports, uh, sports betting world like MGM now that represent about 85% of the total market. Revenue beaten uh, to the extent that it is, I guess maybe gives them a little bit of a pass on the loss on the bottom line, uh, which still was slightly ahead of where analysts thought they were going to hit because this is still a very growth oriented name, right? I mean, they can really argue there's still a lot of growth to go. I got you correctly, OJ. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear Still you correctly. Still a lot of there. growth to go for DraftKings, George. I mean, there's yeah. not a lot of companies printing 80% top line growth at this point, is there? No, I, I, if I got you correctly, because you were breaking up there, I don't think this online this uh, revenue growth is sustainable. I think it's again non-organic, which is fine. But you have to consider, you know, 80 plus percent revenue growth. But in fact, 
their EBITDA contraction is basically uh, down by two thirds. In other words, it's improved significantly. That's what you want to see. In other words, the losses are getting less bad than the, the top line sales growth is improving. And, and in other words, those ratios are improving. And that's what you want to see for, uh, for essentially a company that will eventually achieve positive EBITDA margins, which from 2023 standpoint, based upon the, the estimates on a forward basis is still negative $3.08. But the top line sales guidance seems to have been improving, uh, considering again last year, 1.8 billion, they're expecting it looks like close to $3 billion. And that's a significant improvement in sales. So it's a tough one right now. I think it's moving higher because of the market that we're in at the, uh, the current state in the last six weeks or so. But at the same time, we're really at an inflection point, especially with them improving their scale, economies of scale uh, quite aggressively. And I think that EBITDA margin uh, or EBITDA loss of 400 million for the, for the remainder of this year is uh, something the, uh, the analysts are latching onto.